0: You're listening to Bottom Shelf Bitcoin. This is episode 61. Real, 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 uh, enjoy your coffee. Bo- 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 hey Good morning, everyone. Uh, take a Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bottom Shelf Bitcoin, the podcast that puts Bitcoin knowledge within everyone's reach. As always, I'm your host, Josh Humphrey, and today with me is Bitcoiner Brian Harrington. Brian, what's up? Hey guys,
1: appreciate you being here. I like this show a lot.
0: Thanks. Um, so you kind of came on right, my radar uh, kind of out of nowhere over the last month, um, and you're, you're kind of um, checking all my boxes on like um, putting things forward to new coiners and, and a lot of education. Um, you and I have a, I have a similar faith aspect here going, which is always nice. Um, and, and kind of trying to, um, do, do the, the realistic thing of, um, like, yes, it's good to hold and save, but also we should be spending and, and, and not being this like very, um, polarized one camp or the other and the, and the other is the enemy. So, um, kind of what's your, what's your background? Like how did, how did you come to Bitcoin? And then let's go from there.
1: Totally. So yeah, first time I bought Bitcoin was Coinbase 2015. Um, yeah, January, 2015, just bought it with my dad because we do a bunch of stuff on the internet and I just love looking for different ways to make money on the internet. So it was just like, a, a, it was just a flip a quick bonus sign up from my dad. And just go from there. And so that's how I first got into it. And then, like, I through my life, like, I'm a marketing consultant. I've worked on a lot of political campaigns. I've worked for a lot of just different companies, different marketing consulting jobs. And, but that's very seasonal work. So I would just, you know, I would have a client for four or five months and then I wouldn't have a client for, you know, one or two months. And so I, in that downtime, I was just watching YouTube and like learning about Bitcoin. So that's, that's kind of how I, learned about Bitcoin, got deeper into it. Just last year, pizza day last year, I met, you know, Stephen Cole and these other guys from the OC Bitcoin network. I live in I live in Anaheim and live in Orange County. And I met these other guys in Southern California that were into Bitcoin. And so I this whole last year I've done more like face-to-face stuff and just tweeting about Bitcoin, thinking about Bitcoin than I almost had like my my whole life up to that point so this last year has just been really packed for me of just growing and like learning like what why am i even here like what am i trying to do what is this doing and it's also been cool because my wife Sharon has like been going to these meetups with me too we've been listening to more podcasts together like also and more apps like you know fold app and different wallets have like i've been able to get them on her phone and just kind of talk about bitcoin together as a couple because that and so all of that has been kind of like hitting me. I feel like this has all kind of reached like a pinnacle of. I've been working on this for a whole year, and now I'm just trying to talk to other Bitcoiners about like how they're handling because because I'm starting to kind of develop my way of looking at you know personal finance and my lifestyle as a Bitcoiner and budgeting and like where where achievable privacy is for me and how to budget in Bitcoin. But I want to talk to others about how are you doing this day to day because I think like. I know my hard money versus easy money speech. I know my privacy speech of, you know, after you like run CoinJoin, don't spend your docs change. I know that it's important to run a node. I I kind of like know all that stuff and like I'm ready to kind of combine it all together into an achievable, what should your day-to-day look like as you're trying to, I like with whatever your goals are in Bitcoin. So that's that's like where my tweets and my videos and all that stuff is coming from. Of just a, a packed year, and now I'm trying to look back on, like, what am, what am I doing, and how how can I keep getting better?
0: Yeah, so that's an interesting thing you're talking about your wife because I think, um, I, you know, it's hard to know how many people are married versus single based on you know anonymous avatars, right, on Twitter, but. Uh so I, I get the sense from a certain amount of people that they are um family oriented, right? But then there's a, there's definitely a subset or definitely another set that that's not and it's a very different mindset. You and I kind of were talking before we hit record. It's it's a very different mindset of budgeting for yourself as a single person versus budgeting as, you know, um married and both people um you know, having joint accounts. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think having like separate accounts is, is a healthy thing for, for your marriage. Um, so having one combined account or, you know, whatever you, you have checking savings, whatever, a- anyways, everything is joint done together and considering one another and communicating well, those are all these kind of like complicated aspects that make marriage hard, right? Um, um it's good, but it, it's, if someone tells you that marriage is easy, they're lying to you. Um, so, I think all of that is like, you know, its own set of complicated issues to deal with. And then you add Bitcoin on top of that. And like, how do you guys do that kind of
1: thing? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because so our, yeah, we have joint checking, we have joint savings. But for a long time, it was me, you know, pulling out, pulling out 50 bucks, pulling out 100 bucks, pulling out like 17 bucks or like something like something that I like doing is I, I just like. I like rounding down our checking account number to the near zero and just, you know, throwing it into cash App because it just like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's just like dumping it into like, like my coin jar, like behind me right now. It's just the same as when you come home, dump the change in there. And, but what I was realizing is that those sats aren't on Sharin's phone. She's not staring at them. Like I'm staring at them. She doesn't wake mm. up thinking about them. Like I think about them. And so in that sense, it is like, well, where'd the money go? Like, what what is the point of that money? You know, she is able to look at her investment account. She's able to look at our bank account. But like, but I wasn't doing a great job of putting the stats on her phone also. And so that's something that we've been fixing. Um, and like, I I was challenged by, by another um, couple recently. Like, they, one of them asked me, you know, like, how does this help me now? in the gut reaction, what what's our gut reaction? What's the Sunday school Bitcoiner answer to that? Well, you know, low time it doesn't, preference. It's not you know, now, yeah. Right, you know, low time preference, you know, hard money, you should save it. Easy money, you should spend it because, you know, the value is going up because the Federal Reserve is like, and all that's true, like all that's true. And And, and I'm not trying to like call heresy on like all the correct answers. Like I'm trying to have the next answer. Like I'm trying to figure out how do I meet that person where they're at And potentially just answer it a little bit differently, and and that's where I've been trying to figure out. Like, okay, like I I, this is funny, dude. Like, I think that new people and kind of like cypherpunks that have closed their bank accounts are kind of closer together in like ethos than kind of like buy and wait, number go up, USD savings technology kind of Bitcoiners because they're they're interested in using it as money. And, and I'm, right. that's, I'm kind of painting broad strokes with that, but they're interested in using it as money. And so I've noticed after we've made, you know, a few purchases on Fold or a few purchases on bit refill. What Sharin's like mindset to it has completely kind of shifted. Like when, when, when now I, you know, show our Bitcoin balance, you know, one of our, you know, when I show one of our wallets next to our checking account and now when I show a different one of our wallets next to our savings account and we do our, you know, Saturday budgeting meetings, it starts to make a lot more sense rather than, you know, just, I, in the past, I've kept the whole Bitcoin balance, like over by the stocks. And I've just been like, Mm. these are our investments. And it's like, okay, but, but you're, but why do you listen to all these podcasts all the time? Then I thought you told me this was a revolution. Why is it over there by the stocks? Like, is it so it's just an investment? And, And, and that kind of is like, well, how does it help me now? And so like, I, I don't, I already have money in stocks. Like, how is stocks helping me right now? How is stocks helping me pay my rent and pay my mortgage this month right now? Like, how is that helping me buy clothes for my kids that, you know, just grew another six inches? Like, how does that help <laughs> me? And stocks, stocks don't help you do that. So why right. are you treating Bitcoin like stocks? And I was really challenged by that. I was like, you know, you're right. Like, you're right. Why am I dedicating all this time to like this thing if that's all I'm going to do with it? And so for me, for me, that then like clicked, the whole like commerce thing clicked for me. And I, like, I, I honestly stumbled across this organically. Like I didn't, I didn't start talking about, you know, how do you spend Bitcoin? I didn't start talking about that on purpose because I like arguing with people on Twitter. That's not why I did it. Like I honestly stumbled across this in my own life where I was like, oh, if I want to save more of this thing, I need to show my wife that it is money and is, you know, we can close the loop on using it and tapping into the liquidity so that's it 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 truly was just a very honest organic like growth over this last year
0: um do you guys have like a when you say you get this the stats on on her phone do you guys have your each have your own cash app thing or is it a combined thing so
1: that you both see it at the same time or, or how does that work so our cash app are our cash apps are different logins but they're both tied to our joint checking account and cash app right. fixed that and it's actually very nice that cash app fixed that because it used to be that you couldn't sign up a joint checking account to multiple cash apps so that's fixed to where um yeah so that's fixed but then we both have like she runs she, like she runs blue Wall on her phone and i run samurai on my own dedicated android and so right. those are our hot wallets like those are our checking accounts because mm-hmm he's learning like, and she's learning how to switch between on chain and lightning inside blue wallet. Cause we're, that's the other thing. Like we're both iPhone. We're both iPhone cash appers. Like I'm not gotcha. a, I like, I've never identified with like, you know, AnCap or just hard, like hardcore libertarian, or, like any of this stuff, but, I, but I'm down. Like, and I've talked about how like coronavirus and like watching, like physically watching governments choose to make certain kinds of commerce illegal. You cutting someone else's hair is now illegal. Okay. Right. Well, that's really weird. You just took this to a whole movie level. Like, okay, so I guess I should like start taking this like Bitcoin thing more seriously and figure out how what samurai wallet actually is. Like, because because I thought this is to your point of like the hot wallet. So no, we both we both have our fiat on ramp of regulated fiat on ramp, and then we both have our hot wallets. And like The ROI, like, like I always thought Samurai Wallet, I always thought Samurai Wallet was for other Bitcoiners. I thought Mm. privacy was for other Bitcoiners. I thought running a node was for other Bitcoiners, but it's not. It's not. It's now for me. Like the ROI in my own life is now for me because I now have incentive. I have incentive to show, like, show my wife that this works as money. And I have incentive to, if I'm going to be, you know, spending it and showing that it's money, doing that in the most private way possible because I don't want to deal with the headaches of doing it not private because that just creates a headache. And so in that sense too, this has, you know, gotten me, you know, more on board and more understanding the return on investment of going the peer to peer local trading route or going the BISC, you know, trading route. Because when you're inside just stack stats, stack stats, stack stats mindset, paying that premium on BISC or paying that premium on a local trading feels weird it absolutely feels weird and it doesn't it's not as simple as again like i said i i enjoy you know dumping a dollar 17 or 317 you know through my cash app um but so it takes it takes a different takes a different mindset and it's just so which takes budgeting even to another hard part because then you're you're having to like batch it in local trading into it but but we're getting there we're getting there and which which is cool
0: so what was it you said the the privacy headaches um, or, or the the you know the headaches of not having privacy Bitcoin, what, what was it specifically for you that you said like this is this is now worth
1: me figuring the the samurai, the full node, the things out. What was that for you? So to me, like and like I have no problem being kind of people have read my Twitter and I've been pretty transparent about this. Like to me it's taxes. Like to mm-hmm. me the ROI is like the tax savings because in the same way in the same way that I can walk out on the street right now and buy tacos for cash yeah. what am I doing what am I doing T- uh, technically I should be getting. technically I'm probably getting a lower rate on the tacos than buying it from a place that takes credit cards and what am I doing the entrepreneur now has their decision on how much of that to report like that's their decision on how much to report and I'm getting right. a lower and I'm getting a lower price that is what cash is and, and I realized I realized that some of us like I'm I don't like using, I don't like using cash. I like using my credit card. I like living in a fiat, like easy money world. I'm good at doing it. I'm great at doing it. I'm great at buying things on 0% and learning how to, you know, pay off my credit card every month. So I'm not paying interest fees, but then, you know, using the plane rewards to like go on trips. I'm great at doing that. Like I, I know, I know how to play that game. And so I'm having to retrain myself even just how, like what are the benefits of using cash? The benefits are. You should, you like, you should get a lower price and you're saving the entrepreneur the, the like recorded digital footprint that they would have to report. And so that's where the ROI, that's where the ROI is for me. And then you take it to a second level, you take it to a second level. And I realized I've had, cause I, I've been a marketing consultant, but, and I, and I have had Bitcoin at like my mark, I've taken Bitcoin since you know, 2016 or whatever, because I I would list it on my invoices. I listed my static Mm -hmm. address exactly how you're not supposed to do on my on my invoices. Along with I'd be like, look, send a check to this address or pay me on Venmo or PayPal or Cash App like or Bitcoin like here. And I did it just so that these clients would have to stare at you know Bitcoin and at the address. But I never explained to them. I never took it to the next level as an entrepreneur and said, hey, I'll give you a discount if you pay in Bitcoin. I yeah. never took, I never took to that level. So they were never incentivized to do it. So they just did it by check and, you know, sent me the forms just like normal. And so that's, but if I want, because, and because what is, what's the knee jerk reaction? So, cause what's the knee jerk reaction that everyone on Twitter gives you as soon as you start talking about spending Bitcoin? Well, capital gains tax and it's too clunky and da, 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 da. And well, and then so you have those guys and then you have the like, Yeah. And that's, that's annoying to me. That's really, that really bothers me because it's just like, look, is this like, is this a revolution or not? You know, you inherently don't understand what a cash peer to peer economy is Then, like, take Bitcoin out of it, completely take Bitcoin out of it. Mm -hmm. You don't understand the benefits of cash then. And, And I think that's a lot of people's kind of, uh, that's coloring their vision of Bitcoin is not understanding what cash is
0: well, to be fair, like even for me, I did not see the benefits of cash as a uh i'd say late twenties person until I saw Bitcoin, right like I never carried cash, and I kind of had a like this prideful thing about like no, I don't mess with cash, that's for old people, right like cash mm-hmm. is for your grandma, mm-hmm. right. And then when I learned about Bitcoin and understood the benefits of all these things, then I was like, and, and started to understand like the, the fiat surveillance. I was just like, oh, no, I, I need to carry more cash so that, you know, I can do these things. And, you know, I don't, I shouldn't have to broadcast my my behavioral patterns to the whole world when I buy
1: totally. things. Yeah. No, right. But so, I think I've noticed... So I, and I, I think that that fires people up. That incentive of not being surveilled is enough incentive for some people to go down the path of figuring out how to do it. Some people, I don't think like, like I'm almost trying to talk to the people that are stuck in number go up USD savings. Like that's all that Bitcoin is good for like world and kind of say, Look, I want to make money, too. I'm not like a. I, I'm not like I'm not a ma- I don't wear a mask. I tweet with my own name. I do this whole thing like I am literally publicly broadcasting that a Bitcoin parallel economy can defund negative things that our government is doing. Like, I believe that. Yeah. And that's I'm trying to go more towards and, and that's an incentive. I think that's an incentive. And so it's like all these guys that are preaching, preaching privacy and preaching how to avoid surveillance. All of that is exactly right. Like listen to those guys. You can't, you can't get that like functional advice from me because I, because I don't know it. I haven't studied how to functionally do it the way that those guys have. But what I'm trying to do is follow 80, the 80% of it that's easy for me. And the reason why, and the reason why I want to do it is because I think you can bring the moon to yourself. I don't think you have to wait for a moon. I think you can bring the moon to yourself right now. And to, to make like a faith analogy, like the kingdom of God is at hand. Like yeah. it's right now. It's right now. You can achieve freedom right now. You don't have to wait for, like when you're saying wait for a moon, you're putting yourself in this financial box of only seeing Bitcoin in one way. You You can achieve it right now. And it's not just for the sake of like, Well, I don't want Amazon seeing my transactions or I don't want PayPal seeing my transactions or, you know, Visa is selling my data. Like, who cares if Visa is selling my data? Like, you should care because you can make money. You can, like, save money by not, like, having them be the middleman. Every middleman takes a fee, whether you see the fee or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so how, you know, and I guess this is this is kind of like the the thing with Bitcoin, right? Over physical cash is that it allows you to do it digitally, which means you can do it remotely. So, so how do we how do we push for or or, or
1: how do we do this circular economy thing? Yeah. Um, so the way that I've been thinking about it is, like, look at the purchases you make right now. Like, w- w- make a list of all of them. That where do you normally shop? Just, and this is where the budgeting comes in. How much money is coming in? How much money goes out? When it goes out, where is it going to? And then I was breaking down. Okay. When it goes out, how much of it is on my credit card? How much of it is on, you know, ACH? How much of it is on physical cash? You break that down and then you just look at, okay, where are all the possible places that I could spend Bitcoin to switch out one of these things? And then I've just been slowly trying to look at where like like I don't want people look going out of your way to buy a random hat on a website for Bitcoin. You're right. Does not do anything because do you need that? I shouldn't. Sorry, I should not say does not do anything because I don't like when I don't like that like knee jerk reaction should. Is it like furthering some greater like cause? I'm not sure. I agree. That's kind of a hard it's a hard sell to make learning how to send that transaction, I think is a great return on investment for yourself personally. So if you're going to replace and spend and learn how to buy a hat, absolutely do it. I think a more interesting way, once you learn how to spend that transaction is look at where you actually shop. Like, like we actually get our groceries from Amazon fresh. Like we Mm -hmm. actually converted full grocery delivery. We like 70% of our groceries come from Amazon fresh and the last 30%, you know, we, we go to Costco. So, Shopping at Amazon. Okay. Bit refill and fold both sell you Amazon gift cards. You can spend on-chain at BitRefill, or you can get a 2% discount uh lightning at BitRefill or Fold, you can spend you can spend your credit card at Fold to do it, which is like an easy that's an easy ramp because you would have already spending you would have already been swiping your credit card at Amazon.com anyway. So it's not that clunky to go to fold. Or once you build up enough in your lightning wallet. Try out, you know, buying that thing. And, and again, some people will argue about the whole, like, well, gift cards aren't furthering the thing. I disagree. I think gift cards are furthering the thing because Fold hodls their Bitcoin and BitRefill hodls their Bitcoin. Yeah. BitRefill pays their employees the Bitcoin. Fold gives the Bitcoin back to real users that then can choose to hodl it. Like, so in that sense, in that sense, and, and because both those companies then are making some kind of money on the fee rather than Visa or whatever making money in the middle, And Amazon's having to pay them an affiliate commission for sending traffic to the site. You're helping a Bitcoin company be profitable while getting groceries from a place you already get groceries from. And you're, that's, that's a net flow. That's a net flow into the Bitcoin network Mm. as, as how I see it. And you're not, and it's also good budgeting because you already have a grocery budget you're spending at Amazon anyways. Like rather than trying to convince your wife to like, hey, will you let me spend 50 bucks at this website because, you know, Bitcoin, like we have to do it. You're right. Like that doesn't, that's very like cheesy and not in a tough sell, but Hey, can we try, you know, these few extra steps to get our groceries from Amazon? Uh, I think like unlocks a little bit of new stuff in your head and like helps you then go from there.
0: Yeah. So I guess it it is going to be kind of like a, Everybody individually looking at their own, you know, spending patterns and things like that, because like, I don't get my groceries from Amazon, you know, and so I don't know that BitRefill has, I doubt they've got HEB gift cards. That's a Texas thing. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. So, uh, no, right. And we, we, I don't think it's very hard. Like, as soon as you go to like BTC pay, like directory, or I don't, I don't even know if OpenNode has a directory or it's hard. It's hard to find it, in my opinion, so far, it's hard to find a list of merchants that that accept like Bitcoin, and obviously and obviously, people will just throw that back in my face, just like, well, duh, you know, like. But I, I'm I'm trying to how you said, like, the, I think an interesting exercise. Because I guess I was like, I was bored of everything else. Like I did everything else that Bitcoin podcasts have been telling me to do. I did it. You know, I'm stacking stats. Like I'm saving. I'm like waiting for the moon. I'm, you know, running a private wallet. I'm, yes, I know which node I want and I'm going to run it. I, dude, I have an S9 at my house that I bought off Craigslist. Like I have, like I've tried every single side like of this thing. Like, and so don't like, I don't think it's weird that now I'm trying commerce. Like that's I want, I want to, but I don't want to try it in a cheesy way. I want to look at what do I like, what is the actual supplies that my like, this is my citadel, like my house is my citadel. I'm not going anywhere. Like I live in Anaheim, California, I'm going to secede in place right now from a fiat world, because we're allowed to do that as like, I'm an American citizen. And I have a problem with what my government is doing, and the way it's treating its people. And so I have like, I have no interest in upholding or being on the side of what they're doing anymore. That's like, that's the literal American, like that's the heart of what America is. Yeah, like, I have a problem with what they're doing. I'm voting with my dollars and leaving their corrupt system. The Federal Reserve and central banks is a corrupt system. We all know that. We've ch- rant about that for three hours at a time. Okay, then it's not that weird that I'm going to look at what my spending pattern's on and figure out how I can defund the beast while I get my groceries.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what? let's talk about you You and I kind of got head. I mentioned this on Twitter, this, this idea, um, I think a lot of Christians kind of throw back in your face, like the, you know, Jesus said, render unto Caesar, what is Caesar's and unto God, what is God's? And I, the, the, the interpret, the typical interpretation of that is, uh, basically like, oh, well, you know, the you know you have to give you have to pay the taxes that the government says you have to pay and and then you know like your your love and your affection go to god and i'm very dissatisfied with that answer i don't i don't think it considers the context of everything that was going on when when that passage takes place
1: totally Look and so this first answer I'm gonna credit to so brave the world on Twitter at brave the world I'm gonna credit this to her because I heard her say this and I and I and I think it's beautiful she said like like Jesus was a like he was a responsible troll like he was a respectful (laughs) troll like if you look at the ways and and this is a little bit kind of deep inside like um, I don't know just baseball like Bible stuff but like when you look at the way he talked to the Pharisees he never really gave them a straight answer. And he gave, he would give them just kind of a like, like he doesn't have, I don't have time to argue with you. Like I'm spreading like freedom to these other people. I don't have time to argue with you about rules that you wrote. And so I don't know if that's exact. So just in that sense of like, start to open your mind a little bit of like, Jesus like was a revolutionary. And then, so when he said, render under Caesar, what is Caesar's? He wasn't saying the government should own all money. He was saying if Caesar's face is on it, give it back to the guy. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't need that. Where we're going, like Josh, where we're going, you don't need that. Right. Give the money, give the political money back to the politicians. You don't need that. And so, and I just think that's, I think that's like beautiful and I think that's interesting. And I, and I think it's a new, I think it shows you're right. I'm very dissatisfied with the answers that I've been hearing from the pulpits of like American churches also. And I think they, I, I'm sorry to like be a little bit harsh, but like, I think they're tied in too closely with the state. I don't think they're, I don't think they're revolutionary enough. I don't think, I don't think they're preaching freedom to people. I, I think Jesus's message was a message of radical freedom. And I don't feel that when I walk into the American church. And so I'm trying to look at the Bible from a different lens and, and not, Look, I'm not trying to proof text this. Like, I look, I went to a Christian university. Like, I've grown up in the church since I was six. I'm not just proof texting this. I'm picking out random verses to fit, you know, my, like, oh, Brian just has an anti-government narrative and he's just trying to proof text it from the thing or whatever. Like, no, that's not what I'm doing. Like, and then, and I'll, and I'll talk about it from a, a broader perspective. Look, my favorite parts of the Bible are the book of Acts on mm-hmm. when you look at, when you look at the early church and you look at Paul and you look at how Paul spread the gospel like across the world. Paul was a Roman citizen. He knew his rights as Roman citizen. Yeah. What would happen? He'd get thrown in jail, and then he would talk his way out of jail based on his own rights. Yeah, like And, and what, what did he do? He, would, he, would, he was a murderer and would murder these revolutionaries. And then he had a, come to, a physical, literal come, <laughs> come to, to Jesus, yeah. moment, turned his life around and became, in, instead of clamping down on the message of freedom, he became a freedom fighter and spreading the message of freedom. But what did he do? He still understood the political climate of the day. Like following Jesus, like following Jesus does not mean kumbaya, like love your neighbor, let politicians run you over. That is not right. Like that's, right. I'm sorry. I don't find that message in the Bible. I can't find it. Like I don't find that. And I find, I find radical disciples that were killed by the state for f- spreading a message of freedom. And that's how I intend to live. Like I intend to. Spread a message of freedom. And that's why I'm interested in like Bitcoin. Like, that's why this whole year I've just been coming to this head of like, what am I actually even doing here? Why is it? Why was this actually even originally interesting to me? And it's cool to have kind of reached this equilibrium of learning enough about each of the different sides and figuring out how can I use this in my own life to create freedom? Because it's the same as just any, anything that you've ever been able to convince somebody of. It's just being like showing them is always better than telling them. Like we, we yeah. all know that. We all know that, but we all also really enjoy talking and we all also really enjoy telling. And, and so I'm just trying to like slow down and say, look, I can, sh- I can tell you all the theory that you want about Bitcoin and I can tell you the incentives that worked for my brain to pick this up and find that it'd be interesting. Like, but I can also show you the way that I am like earning in bitcoin, spending in bitcoin, saving in bitcoin in a way that's that's putting forward a message of the way that I believe government should interact with their citizens. Like in that sense, like I'm an economic activist. Like I'm an economic populist. Like I've, you know, I've worked on political campaigns. I've done all this stuff. This is the single this is like learning bitcoin, buying bitcoin is the Work, and then spending that Bitcoin and learning how to be in a Bitcoin parallel economy, like a Bitcoin parallel economy is the strongest defense and the strongest protest against overreach that there is physically available on earth today. Yeah. And I believe that.
0: And I, you know, I think taking it back to the church, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you get the the mainstream narrative, right? Of like, oh, this is for. Uh, you know drugs or whatever and i just push back and i'm like you guys got to understand you, you, and this is where again the the american church has this hang up and they're too, tied too closely to the state and they have a hard time i've said this before they have a hard time disentangling like what is legal from what is moral and right and they uh, and i'm i'm broad brushing here obviously but there's a lot of people that that think that just because something is legal then that's that's moral or that's what we have to follow unless Unless, you know, I, I know people that I, I love and dearly respect who think that the only time that you get to, that, that you are biblically allowed to disobey the law is when it's something so blatant as to say, like, you have to burn your Bible. Like, it doesn't have to be that, you know, like, um, I have huge, you know, obviously, like, abortion is this horrible thing, right? And you, like, your tax dollars go maybe not directly to funding that but the the way that that they're taken and used to build new buildings that they can you know um perform abortion in like to me that's that's stealing my money to use for something that i'm diametrically reg- religiously opposed to right so yeah. how does that on a biblical sense not justify me saying i don't want to pay this
1: totally you know and you know. and like like Bitcoin isn't even exactly doing that. It's a great, like it's a, like, it's not even, like, think about each way of the steps. It's not, it's not illegal to buy Bitcoin. Right. It's not illegal to barter. It's not illegal to barter, like in this state and so, or in this country. And so just because their, are like, their rules all conflict each other. And that, that's the thing, like there are, their rules all conflict each other already yeah like basically at this point all small businesses are a gray market business because the rules about masks and talking to people are so complicated that if like if your exes on the ground aren't a significant aren't like the right distance apart because your shop doesn't have the square footage of like their rules then you're now a gray market business and can be fined by like by them that doesn't make any sense we all inherently we all inherently like understand that yeah and so you're I, I think you're right that's um no it's frustrating and and the best thing we can the best thing I can I've found to do is just again yeah like live by example and just show like I'm I'm going to do this
0: yeah and I and I try and make people understand um you know like you've got to think of, of countries where they're, they're not as free right like we we both agree that we have massive problems in this country but in a lot of ways it's still one of the freest places on earth and there's a lot of places where it's illegal to talk to somebody else about Jesus, or it's illegal to to provide a Bible or sell a Bible to somebody. You you need a mar- a money that's uncensorable in order to conduct those transactions. Like in in other places, like they need a, a you know a quote unquote illegal money to to help spread the gospel, or to you know I, I look forward to a day when when you know we've got missionaries that that have their pay posted and we can financially support them in the in whatever field they're in right absolutely um and, and going back to your thing about conflicting rules and stuff that that passage about rendering unto caesar um i'm just gonna read it real quick because because he says um yeah so this is in mark 12 he says and they sent they sent to him some of the pharisees and some of the herodians to trap him in his talk like, the whole thing is that at the beginning, like, they're trying to trick him. They're trying to get him to say, because if he says, if he says that it's right to pay taxes to Caesar, then he's justifying this, like, occupational, brutal Roman force. And if he says, no, you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, then they can take him, you know, then they can go present him to the Romans and say, look, he's stirring up revolution. Like, they're, they're not giving him a good faith question. They're trying to either trick him either get him in trouble with the um like religious Judaism authority or the Roman government authority and, and like you said like he doesn't he doesn't give them a straight answer but and I'll post it I don't I don't know it very well enough to to give kind of the treatise on it but but I'll post it in the show notes but there's a good explanation that goes into like the the denarii the coin that he says like hand me the denarii or, you know, or what, you know, just one of you have this coin and it's like on the coin is the face of, of the of Caesar, the current Caesar. And it's, uh, you know, historically, if you look at when this would have been, um, it's like got this inscription on it that basically is like, here's a guy who, um, you know, this, the, the, the king at the, the, the Roman emperor at the time is claiming to be the king of kings and the king of peace. And, um, these, these Jewish religious people shouldn't even have this money. And it's a very much like an, an idol thing, right. To, to have this, this, uh, image of their ruler. And, and, you know, and then he says, you know, render unto, unto the Lord, what's the Lord's is like, they should have known this, this, um, this phrase of like the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got the, the, the literal King of peace and King of Kings, Holding this this golden image of a guy claiming to be the king of kings and the king of peace, and so he is kind of throwing it back in their face of like, w- why do you even have this? You know. So I'll I'll include that in the show notes. But you have you have some experience with government too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah I'm currently well, my term hasn't started yet, okay. but I'm I'm elected to the Orange County Republican Central Committee. So there's a group of like. 40 or 50 of us that vote on the endorsements for, you know, if you're a Republican running for city council or for uh su- county supervisor or for state assembly, like our, this committee, you know, votes for who gets endorsed and who doesn't get endorsed. And so, yeah, it's about, it's just kind of, it's like the lowest thing you can do. And so I have, and I've been, you know, I've lived in the County for, you know, going on like eight or 10 years. So it's, um, Yeah, I just felt like I just felt like it was something I could do now that I'm I'm a homeowner and I'm I want to you know have influence on this committee and the other thing because because I really believe so uh, this is and I I kind of talk out both sides of my mouth right here like where red team first blue team doesn't work like it doesn't work but we in the politicians in Washington D.C. are like on the same team and they're not and they're not on the team of the American people. Correct. Like, I believe that. I really do, like, believe that. I don't, I don't think that's, like, I'm not saying that just for clicks or for, like, being outlandish or whatever. Like, I, I truly believe that just because I think that's how their incentives work. And I think it's, it, the, the cocktail parties and the influence is addicting. It, it is a game in and of itself and it's addicting. And so, like, that is a thing. So I, my, my message to kind of like, <laughs> my fellow like red team people that were like have been obsessed with this game in the past like I have been is look if you believe in small government like put your money where your mouth is and buy Bitcoin. Like I just don't I'm kind of over the whole like voting voting is not going to bring about like the change that you want. It It won't. Like I'm sorry. I think I think being a single issue voter I think works. I think like if you're just die hard you know pro cannabis or just die hard like I like I'm now like die hard but like pro Bitcoin like I I will I, I don't care what party you're on like if you understand money printing is like what's causing inequality in this country and you're gonna talk about money printing and you're willing to talk about alternative currencies to the US dollar like I will vote for you so I think in that sense of like you know like I don't I think it is worth the worth the like few minutes to like go there and circle some bubbles like, but I don't think you can hang your hat on this whole thing. And so like when, when celebrities and stuff are saying and people on TV are saying, you know, you, you have to vote, you have to vote. I don't, to me, like that doesn't solve anything anymore. But I do think that local people, if you have the time and have the influence, you know, being elected and continuing to talk about Bitcoin is something that like is, is positive because I think every, every conversation about Bitcoin is a positive conversation. Like, so in that sense, I, I want to spread it as a message as a tool for freedom to, you know, libertarians and to Republicans that aren't on board with it yet. And so and I think you it's it's not it's not as authentic coming from me because of, you know, what color I'm associated with. But I think you can make the same argument from a progressive standpoint. Like I think a Democrat, an elected Democrat could make the same standpoint of like, oh, really? So you're anti banks, like you're pro bank reform. Okay, well, then take your money out. Right. Like put your money where your mouth is. There's alternatives. Like it's been around, like, and that, that's what's awesome. What's awesome about Bitcoin is it's been around for 11 years. There's, go to the, go to the app store. We can argue with the nuances of what apps, what wallets are better than other wallets. But if you want to take your money out of the US dollar, you can. Yeah. It's publicly available, publicly available. The podcasts are there, you know, start at episode one, bottom shelf Bitcoin right now. You can do it. You can do it. It's there. And so that, to me, that's cool of, and that's why I'm still interested in like, needling around and playing that game with those people because i'm gonna say look if you really believe that take it to the extreme get your money out of the u.s dollar because the u.s dollar is propping up every single negative thing that you can think about
0: yeah yeah so um do you find that there are specific kind of i mean you kind of went into that but like are there specific conversations? oh this is what i was gonna say is that i think the the more local you are voting the The more influence and the, the more important it actually is. So I think, you know, these big national, you know, presidential election, does your individual vote matter that much? Not really. Is this one person that's been selected going to actually represent your values? Probably not because they've been selected for their ability to win, not for, you know, what do you know necessarily being a person who has a reputation for character and integrity i mean look at the last election it's like two of the most unlikable people in in history right um and so but so i think but to your point you know state and more local elections matter more for being able to push back on on federal overreach and for actually having an influence and actually being able to go have a conversation with that person um yeah. So do you, like, are there recommended things that, you know, things that you would say for people who want to go talk to their local representatives, you, you know, or, or city council or, um, you know, state representatives and things like that?
1: Yeah. So a practical example why this is important at a local level is because of stuff like coronavirus. Like, like here's an example. Our HOA, like, in Homeowners Association, that's a level of government that a lot of people don't ever think about. They kind of just, like, think, like, some communities don't have HOAs, but... So my community does and like our pool and our gym has been open this whole entire time. Mm. Like we've, we've been open. Like, so in my, once I get into my neighborhood, we're, there's freedom, there's freedom inside my neighborhood at the local, local, most local level of, you know, our 550 houses, there's freedom. And we collectively, you know, pay for these pools and pay for these workout rooms and we've been able to use them like the whole entire time. And that's cool. So that's an example of like local government working and freedom being protected. And then you go up to the next level at the city and the county level. What happened? My city and my counties inside Orange County, what did they do? They copy and pasted Governor Newsom's instructions about how we should shut down. There was almost no difference between the state's press releases and the local press releases because we don't have critical thinkers inside those positions. So, and, and that's, the, and and I would talk to him. I would, you know, I would tag the county supervisors on Twitter and say, why are we doing this? And it's, well, you know, it's outside of our control. The governor said this. And I'm like, okay, well then why are you even here then? Why are you here? Right. And that, that's like, why did I sit in all these meetings and hear, hear you on the campaign trail, talk about how freedom is important. And then when it comes down to actually doing something, you're just going to copy and paste instructions from the governor. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so my recommendation to people, like my recommendation is if you're, if you're not involved in your local community and you don't have like name ID and don't have just, just normal standard networking, like in your local community, do not immediately run out and just sign up and put your name on the ballot. Don't do that. Like you want to network ahead of time. You want to like, like build it and then they'll come. And same thing. The first time you're meeting your city council person for coffee or in their office or whatever is not when you have the most heated, like, absolute, like, thing to, like, talk about. Like, you guys have all watched TV shows and you know how lobbying works. Like, even, like, re- you, like, lobbying is about relationship building. And so it's it's clearly that. Like, it's, it's finding, you know, if you're at your, you know, kids, high school football game, middle school football game, whatever, like like fight your introvertedness just a little bit fight, fight your cypherpunk privacy introvertedness just a little bit. Like, and like meet, like meet other people and meet other parents and then like work your way up to maybe you don't even have to know the city council person yourself. Like maybe just knowing the dad that does know the city council person, like maybe that's enough, like that's enough influence like for you. And then you're able to email that one person. And so I don't think it it doesn't have to be this big grand, like, uh complicated thing like it's just straight up like like i grew up in a town of you know 7500 people like people that people that grow up in towns like that kind of inherently know what i'm talking about about just everybody knows each other you know who has influence you know you can be a part of it and you can push it in the right direction if you're in a new city it's a it's a little bit harder but that's why that's why like churches and like things like that are important too that's why like I have to fight my urge to just be frustrated and stop going to church with the whole thing too, because it, it does matter. Like back back to churches. Like what happened? The same thing happened. These pastors copy and pasted the instructions from the state yeah. without reviewing them. Right. And 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 then attorneys had to go back and look at it later and be like, Hey, wait a second. That's kind of weird. Like, and then you have to fight it out in court afterwards and you've lost six weeks of gathering together. Right. Like that That comes from a lack of critical thinking and a lack of having a backbone on the front end. And so if you like, if you want your local people to have a backbone, be willing to send them an email. Be willing to meet them and know them ahead of time and be their friends when like like Thomas Massey, when Thomas Massey stood up on the thing and said, Hey guys, I think we should vote on this what happened? He got pummeled by everybody, Yeah, pummeled by both sides. And that's an example of both sides are the same, both sides are the same, both sides hate accountability. Right. And so, but like he, like you could, you could see how nervous he was. Like these Congress people, these Congress people are humans, just like us. These city council people are humans, just like us. A big part of a big part of why they're copy pasting instructions from the governor is because they don't believe they have any power. They're scared themselves. They haven't, they haven't thought from first principles why they're even in office. Mm. And so, like, in that sense, like, in that sense, we're right to, like, not put them on a pedestal. But then in that sense, we're, we should also be right to, like, not ignore them and not just not be rude to them, even though that's what we want. That's what I feel like doing a lot of times. Like, just be, like, be an advocate. Like, be an advocate for what you want to see in, in, just in a kind of a simple local way that doesn't take a lot of bandwidth for you, whatever that method is.
0: Do you think that it's, um, it would be, I mean, obviously everyone's different. There's plenty of room for a nuance here, but do you think it would be worthwhile if you have any kind of sizable Bitcoin meetup to reach out, especially in an election year, I guess, and say, Hey, like, you know, these are kind of the things that we, that we loosely agree on. We'd be, we'd, we'd love to have you come and even, you know, talk about your, even, even give them an opportunity to talk about their points and ask questions and things like that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that's, that's honestly, actually like a great idea. Like that's like one on, so one-on-one meetings with the person, just coffee casual. And then that is exactly right because, and the reason why it's exactly right is because these city council people, like they all need groups to talk to. Like they haven't, most of the time, they did not network enough ahead of time before they're asking people to vote for them. So if you have a room, a dedicated room of 15, like literally 10 people, I've I've watched people, I've watched people show up and do this for eight people. So I don't care. If you have anywhere between eight and 200 people, yes. Like host a forum, invite city council people, and then you have the opportunity to tell them what's important to you. Um, and they, you know, and they're incentivized to listen because they want the votes. And so Absolutely
0: cool very cool yeah yeah um and that kind of goes you, you and i were talking before we hear record about about um about you meeting up with steven and like you know the the i think and this is hard has been hard lately with all the coronavirus stuff and and the you know shutting down of meetings and and restaurants and things like that but just like the importance of local meetups is totally. is is really there especially you know i think I've gotten to the point where I don't I'm not good outside of this podcast on Twitter about like going through when someone someone you know wants to say well what about this altcoin or what about that blah 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 and I'm just like I've had those conversations so many times that that I don't think that 140 characters is really a good format for that or whatever it is now um I guess its 280 now but like I don't think Twitter's necessarily a good format for that. And, and and there's people who will fight that fight and good for them, but but I do have a lot more patience with people um, if they show up at a meeting, right? Yep. And because they they've that, that's some skin in the game and they want to um they've shown that they're willing to come have an actual conversation face to face about it. And I'm very, you know, in that situation if you if you show up, then I'm very patient. Like I'll answer all your questions and we can talk all day long about it because you've shown that you're actually interested in it.
1: Totally. Dude, meetups. No, the power of meetups is absolutely we have to pump that more like and we need meetups in every city. We need Bitcoin meetups in every city, every little area, every county, because that's where local trading happens. And then that's where local education happens. That's where local influence builds. And that's why like (laughs) that's why churches are slash were like so influential in this country is because it was a dedicated time that people met weekly weekly. In person. And it's also like the Revolutionary War. Like the revolution started in brew pubs. It started in brew pubs with quote unquote crazy dudes like talking like drunkenly about why are we paying this tax? Yeah. Why, why does a king 3,000 miles away, why is he telling us what to do? Like, why are we not in control of our own destiny? And it starts out as a crazy idea in these pubs face to face where you have to whisper because you know, you don't you don't want to get your, you know, your shop uh, like canceled. You you've done a great job of talking about. I, I think talking about censorship in terms of like cancel culture is a great like mainstream kind of normie way to talk about it, because we've all watched it happen. And so it was kind of the same thing back then. Why did Thomas Paine, why, why did Thomas Paine release that under a pseudonym? Because he didn't want to get canceled. Yeah. Because because there's powerful forces that want to cancel ideas that have to do with freedom. Every single freedom, like freedom is dangerous to people that want to control us. That's like a universal thing. And so I think um, the easiest place to, or people like people like, you know, I'm pretty open with what I'm saying on Twitter and other people like hold the same kind of tax beliefs that I do, but aren't like, don't put it into writing and everybody has a different like level for that. But then that's why it's important then to meet in person and, you know, like show support for revolutionary ideas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think when, when, when these things, what, so what is the situation for you? Like right now, as far as like what's allowed meeting wise and what's not, I, I know that here in Texas, we have been pretty, I think we're back to like, uh, as of two days ago, now we can have a total of 10 people per table at a restaurant, you know, which is more than six, two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, restaurants can be at like 50% capacity now, I think and in a week, it'll be up
1: to 75, but what, so what's it like for you? Totally. We're just, we're now in this middle ground Mickey mouse game where it's like the mask has to be on while you're walking through the door. But then once you're inside, it can be around, it's like around your neck because no one's going to tell you to put it back on. Unless you get the one server that tells you you have to put it back on and then you only can take it off while you're physically at the table. It's exactly in that middle ground. And it's just a giant, it's a giant hassle. Yeah. Like, and that's why what I think is going to happen, what I think is going to happen is, you know, in the same way, in the same way Twitter like has a certain, vibe and then you know a closed telegram group or a closed key base group has a certain vibe and not not closed in the sense of oh we're not allowing new people just closed in the sense of like you know get invited come through the door then like join join the meeting like i i think the most comfortable meetups are just going to end up at places like that like they're going to happen in like hoa community rooms or literally just like in parks just in parking lot like it's just or at at people's houses, like, I don't think it's, like, I don't think it's bad to have, I mean, obviously, just security, and, like, have, you know, know know your friends, and know your people, but I'm, the whole restaurant thing is, I think, gonna be a hassle for a while, Mm. for a while. Yeah. And so, I don't have a lot of hope for that, and that's honestly, dude, why the whole, like, church thing is just so frustrating, too. I don't, I don't feel, I, I feel bad for, like, all these pastors that, like, are trying to do it right, like, because it just, it just sucks. And so my advice for them too, and just meetups would be just find, yeah, find a neutral outdoor area, I guess, just really is like the best thing I've been seeing right now, just from a comfortability standpoint. And like not because it takes and and here's why and it's not just like, Oh, be like, because master bad, or just like, whatever. It's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just from mental, it takes mental energy to have to coordinate all these other hoops To get ten people to the table, and then people are different levels of like comfortability, and then what what loses focus? The actual ideas and the reason why you are there, right? Like because you're because co- you're constantly wondering what's the server thinking, what's the restaurant thinking, like are they gonna you know all the stuff, and so I think like <laughs> self sovereignty, like <laughs> self sovereignty of the meetup almost like you have to just go find other ground, like go camping and do it. I don't know. That's that's kind of where my brain is like going. Is like I'm I'm going to try to hold it in a place where I can control what the variables are, mm-hmm. and and then and then here's this order Uber Eats overfold and get the food delivered to you. <laughs> like that's the whole like that's the whole thing. Is that like this whole food delivery thing? Like I've I've been and like I understand Postmates and Grubhub and all this stuff. It can feel expensive because you have to like pay the delivery fee and get yes. like wh- but it, and it's annoying. It's annoying. I'm I'm frugal. Like I'm a budgeter. Like it's it's annoying, but it's like, to me, it's kind of getting to that point of like the, it almost is like that's the privacy fee. And what's the return on investment, the return on investment is, it doesn't eat up your mental capacity, mm-hmm. like you're able then to focus fully on your friends and on the ideas and on jujitsuing the like altcoin ideas that like come in and helping people move it move in the right direction. Like, here's another example of that is I just paid for Spotify premium. Like, again, I, I hate signing up for this stuff. I'm bad at signing up for this kind of stuff, but I also am tired of, I'm trying to listen to like, I like country music. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's great driving music. Like I'm tired of hearing the middle, the, these middle ads talk about social distancing. Like yes. I don't, I don't want the, I don't want to hear that word that eats into my mental brain. I'm trying to be free. I am free. I am an individual. Like, I do not like want your cutesy social distancing ad. I don't want your, because they're not even intentionally trying to propagandize it. It's just, I know how these internal marketing departments work. Like I've worked at these internal marketing departments. Hey, you know, we need to, you know, build the intermittent 30 second thing. And we have to show that we're relatable and we have to like, and that's how everybody copy and paste all this language and the bureaucracy wins. That's how they win. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to pay the fee. I'm going to pay the toll. I'm going to go behind the walled garden and I'm going to construct my playlists on Spotify that are going to program my brain the way that I want it programmed so that I can live my life in freedom. And in that sense, the $10 fee, the $10 toll is worth it. And in the past, in the past, it hasn't been worth it. In the past, I've had a different, like, and, and I guess see, yeah, in the past, I've had a different model. I've had a different mental model of what I'm trying to do with my capital every month. And now I recognize the benefit of. Like to me, that's now it's no longer just a cheesy convenience fee that I'm throwing money away on. To now, it literally is, it's like a firewall for my brain that I'm going to pay for.
0: But you are having to do, so this is, I mean, this is not even Bitcoin, but this is just playlists and, and music. You you are now having to construct the playlist, right? Like, And, and it's been kind of this way, but like do you remember when there were DJs and they were actually decent and they picked good music? (laughs) Not, not, you know, it doesn't mean you like every song they pick, but like
1: (sighs) I heart radio ruined the radio. Totally. I think so, but you can like, I agree. That's it's a mental cost in a different area of like, and that's, that's kind of like the Netflix fatigue, the Netflix fatigue of like, there's so much scrolling that it's now no longer relaxing to watch TV because you're having to curate what you want and then choose to watch it. Whereas turning on the TV is more relaxing because you just get that refreshed feeling of like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in a while. Like, that's awesome. Like, thanks for choosing it for me. Like, and so in that sense, I think I think following, like you can follow other people's playlists. Oh, no, that's true. Like if there's, other, there's other people that get refresh. And dude, I can bring this back to Bitcoin. I can bring this back okay, to Bitcoin and why ahead. this is important because- Because you're following other people that are good at putting out the mental energy. They're good DJs on selecting, you know, here's what all this music says. Here's for this mood. Here's this mood. Here's this mood. And dude, to me, that's what I'm looking for now in Bitcoin. I want someone to synthesize for me. Here's the wallet stack. Here's the node stack. Here's the privacy stack that fits what you're trying to do. Like, Because right now... I hear all these little disjointed things like this wallet's good for this, this wallet's good for this. Don't keep your keys on chain. Oh, uh, you know, uh, like this kind of exchange is bad or like this level of privacy is like, you absolutely must go there. If you don't, you're a bad Bitcoiner. Like, and you hear all these different things, but I haven't heard very many people like, like, dude, you're a cool guy. Like Steven is a cool guy. Matt Odell is a cool guy. Marty is a cool, all these guys. Like, and so in the most private way possible, what I'm looking for is, how do I follow your stack? Like, how do I, how do I Bitcoin in the way and like what I want to do? Like, I want to be an example to like other married Bitcoiners. Like, I want, I want, I'm using my mental energy to climb over this thing. Here's some tips. And, and that's what your article did. Your article about how to be a private um, merchant using Bitcoin and um Myth Mithra, right? Or what is it?
0: Uh Mithril, yeah.
1: Yeah, Mithril. Like Mithril. That's a mental. Dude, that's a mental model that can check box. That's a playlist. That's a mental model playlist that other people can then follow and adapt and load into that that eases up a little bit of the mental energy on, you know, achieving what you're trying to have them achieve. Yeah. And I think that's good. Like, that's good. And everyone, there's lots of good guides. There's lots of good guides. But sometimes it's hard to figure out which one is right for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it is you know, the, a lot of these things, it's like, there's a lot of upfront mental cost or time to put these things in motion and then they're better once you actually get it functioning and you don't have to think about it as much, but it is, you know, the upfront stuff. Um, you and I kind of earlier were talking about having, having two stacks. Um, I don't know that we went into it after we hit record. Um, but just kind of like having your, your KYC stack and
1: your non KYC stack. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. This is like, and I mean, I didn't come up with this model. I've heard other people say it, but yeah, I think having two stacks as a model of, because so here's like, here's how, here's why I'm arriving at two stacks and here's, because what are we, I'm going to read a bunch of conflicting statements, (laughs) buy it and wait for number to go up, buy it, but keep it private, run a node, have the right wallet. A node and a wallet don't fully matter if you're just buying it to sell back for USD anyways. Oh, but don't spend it. Spending is bad. Oh, but spending, transacting, sending um, is how you learn how to use the software and learn how to control the UTXOs. Like all of that stuff is like semi-conflicting and hard to like work through. But each one of those sentences was said by a person who has a different mental model. Okay. And what do I mean by a mental model? Here's the mental models. There's, you can run two stacks, a non-KYC stack and a KYC stack. You can just run a KYC stack with the plan of out-hodling the IRS or saying you got in a boating accident if something goes wrong. Or you can be hardcore cypherpunk, close your bank accounts and say no KYC only. Or you're just planning on selling for USD when it moons anyways. Like each of those, we, I haven't heard like, each one of those mental models deserves a different wallet stack. Yeah. But right now, what like the majority of podcasts, I feel like we hear either from like, but like this is, again, broadly painting people, but we hear direct from Banker Bros or we hear direct from like cypherpunks that are like really good. And and what is the reality? The reality is there's like a bunch of us in the middle that have played around with all of this stuff and are now trying to build our stack for our day-to-day life. And we all have a mix of KYC and like, non KYC stuff. And so I think having, I think an achievable way that I've been trying to do it is having my, like my KYC flow is, you know, like is this and then my non KYC flow is this and my goal of the KYC stack is, you know, one thing and the goal of the other one is a different thing. And so that it's just been helpful to like finally say that out loud. And I've seen it start to resonate with some people of kind of like, oh, yeah, like what is the goal here? Because, because if you, cause you, if you coin join, but there's still a record of the like Bitcoin attached to your social security number at the exchange. It, like coin, it still is what it is. Like there's no, you can't coin join away the record of that at that place. Right. And then you run into the whole, well, Brian, I can't start budgeting and I can't start buying things with it because, you know, I'm scared. Like, okay. Well, then keep doing what you're doing over there. Keep like, like and this is where I've said this before. Like I don't, I have like, I have Bitcoin at, BlockFi like I don't I don't have I don't have a problem like with Understanding the risks like with That with a part of my stack because that Is like the reason why it's there Is for me to loan out and get USD liquidity when the price Goes up Mm -hmm. because a part of having freedom A part of having freedom and like experiencing This whole thing is having you know USD liquidity for the transition period I I think that is part of it like because I don't Because I don't want to sell back and so whether you Use you know unchained or whether you use BlockFi I think I, I, I think these like loaning, using your Bitcoin as collateral for USD, I think is an under, under talked about thing. And I, and I, cause I think it can be used as a tool to keep your non KYC, KYC stack long. And that's what I'm, and so that's what I'm excited about, like talking more about. And then like, okay. If you don't, you don't want to spend it because you're nervous about taxes. Sweet. Well, then learn how to like, then that's, then just that exercise in itself of learning how to use BISC learning how to set up Samurai on a, like my Samurai phone mm. is the only non, it's the only non-docs device that I have in my whole life. Yeah, And that's a cool thing. Like that's a cool thing to realize where my firewall is. Like I'm not interested in, and in, so starting over on privacy was way more uh, approachable for me than trying to like privatize yeah. my like life because I'm not interested in privatizing my life. I'm interested in saying again I'm Brian Harrington from Anaheim California I have a problem with what's happening this is why I'm doing right. this like I that's what I'm saying and so I but learning how to use bitcoin on a non-docs device as private digital cash that is like that is interesting and not attaching my identity to like those utxos that is interesting and that is cool. The same way that my identity is not attached to the hundred dollar bill in my wallet. My identity is not attached to this samurai wallet, which gives me the power and gives me the freedom to then go explore how to do like commerce without third parties in the middle. So that like that's achieving everything for me. And so if there's other people that have those same goals, like I you don't you don't have to like follow me. I'm just out here saying I'm doing that. Like I don't care. The people that are telling me that BlockFi is bad, that doesn't discourage me. And the people that are telling me that, oh, Samurai is the only way, like, great. I talk to them about how to use Samurai. Like, so that's, um, that's cool. And and I think, and I think people get that. I think they resonate with that. The majority of Bitcoiners, you know, are free thinkers and they, they already are down for like, no, do whatever you want. Don't want people to tell you what to do. Um, but I like hearing people's mental models of what do you think? Like, because... Because if you believe, if you believe that we can out the IRS, here's what I would ask you or, and and what I mean like that, I mean like, oh, central banks are going to adopt the currency and it's all going to work out. You know, I guess that's what I mean. They're, they're not always going to be trying to fight it from like a regulatory angle. I would say, okay, here's, here's what I, what if this happens? What if in four years, we're just at like 60, the price is at like 65,000 and like, the laws haven't gotten any better and there hasn't been any more adoption. And it just kind of like is what it is like, then what, like it kind of worked out. Like it kind it, for like moon moon, like kind of worked out and sick. It's sick. A lot of people made a lot of USD and it was cool. And, and a bunch of people changed their lives, which is, which is the, I shouldn't, which I'm not downplaying. Yeah. Like you, you have the right. You have the right to make massive profit. And when I say profit, like you have the right to massively change you and your family's life because of being early to like and having the right information in an asymmetric like market. I, you absolutely have the right to do that. And I, and I think you should, but does that achieve, does your family changing its life, does that achieve the underlying, you know, social government change that a lot of us are seeking? Like, maybe not yeah. and like and that's where the and that's where the tension is of like that's that's where the tension is and i actually don't so that's why i don't like i don't like that there's a conflict right now between number go up and between you know untraceable like cash cuz i don't think there is i think both are possible and i think to i think to achieve the government change that we want i think both have to happen i agree that number go up Gets more people interested, and I believe that's a super powerful incentive. Yeah. And that's why I go. That's why I go to the p- point of like, when number goes up, don't you want some untraceable cash to like, like get, uh, you know, use like use the purchasing power of that when it goes up? Like, I have no interest. I have no interest in selling back for you like USD. I have an interest in having a lot of non KYC stat, stats that I can spend. At all the Bitcoin businesses that are going to pop up because it's the best money in the world. Like, that's what I'm interested in. And I'm not interested in getting stuck in this middle ground, having to play, you know, Mickey Mouse with the government that wants their, you know, capital gains. Cause that, so, because paying them, cause why are we going to pay them? We're not, we can't pay them a toll on the way to the revolution. Like, that doesn't, you can't pay half, you can't pay half the tea tax. Like, we're not, <laughs> you no, know, like, like the tea is going into the harbor. It's not, I'm not paying half the tax. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it just doesn't even make any sense. Like to, to, to pay them gains on Bitcoin, Just on any philosophical level, doesn't make any sense. It's not, they did nothing to create that. They, they didn't create Bitcoin. They didn't create those businesses. They're, they're a highway robber, you know, telling you right. that, that you owe them because, because they're garbage you know fiat coin lost value
1: compared to your bitcoin like exactly you shouldn't have to pay them for that no no you shouldn't because this is because it's money it's money and it should be treated it should be treated like free money and like when uber when they're at the conference table coming with uber they weren't like oh man you know how are we going to do this like how are we going to get a taxi license for every single one of these cars like how That's dang! Like this is an impossible thing to overcome. Like we're not going to be able to do this. No. What do they do? They put software on people's phones and release them in the world and had them start doing it. That's what. That's what Bitcoin's doing. Like, and so going back, going backwards now and saying like, "Oh man, dude, we got to figure out how to get taxi licenses and all these guys' things. We got to figure out how to come up with the four hundred grand to buy taxi licenses for each of these cars." No. Like we're we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And uh, yeah, I think we covered the whole like moral reason why. I like I have no problem you know saying that out loud and explaining that you know a parallel economy is positive for individuals there is a return on investment on opting out personally it's worth it to pay pay the privacy toll and figure out how to do it and it's worth it on an overarching like you know social change social justice level to to um to do it also and that's that's why I'm that's why I'm excited and and I think and i don't mean any of this to like disparage like other bitcoiners like i think i think largely everyone this is happening it is happening and this and i can feel the ethos like i don't there's not a problem with the ethos there's not a problem with you know bitcoin community or whatever and i'm not even saying like oh like everyone has to kumbaya around like one of these things like it's not no like it honestly i i i like the way that we actually just stumbled upon the whole playlist thing because i i we just need other people to follow like we need to do the mental work so that and do the lifestyle hacks. Like we all watch back to the kind of like wives thing. Like there's all these social media influencers talking about like, here's how to style your clothes. Here's how to style your house. Here's how to clean your bathroom. Here's how to like get healthy groceries. Like Bitcoin just needs the same thing. Like this needs to be just as, as approachable as learning how to eat healthy or learning how to work out or learning how to use Photoshop or learning how to like all this stuff or learning how to, you know, build like, You know, build stuff like woodworking, like all the stuff to me. To me, that's kind of what I see like Bitcoin now being like learning how to be private, learning how to opt out. That's uh, that's what it can be. But it's tied with the incentive. That number is going to go up. You can get rich also. That is the crazy thing. And so when you just look at it, when you just look at it in terms of like, oh, like if opting out is just the same thing as like prepping then it has a ceiling. It's never going to be widely like, like you're never going to be able to explain the return on investment of prepping to a mass audience. Right, But like people love like investment options and people love like how to, you know, get rich and how to like do that stuff. And so it truly is like, you can preach both messages. Like it's the greatest form. It's the greatest form of slacktivism that is like (laughs) actually, actually like creates change. it gives you a good social feeling it makes you feel like you're investing in something and it's creating social change below it so if you're like if you're and this is this is my message to like mainstream friends like dude if you're dropping five bucks a week on lottery tickets or five bucks a week on you know anything else like switch to bitcoin like I, i honestly have had friends that like have were into like into gambling like still are into gambling and i've been into gambling like bitcoin is the greatest parlay like the greatest gambling like that you could you know do from that perspective like you can do that or the same thing if you're into stocks and you're into investing like bitcoin is not you can approach from that angle if you're into budgeting and clipping coupons you can get into it from that angle like it's it's sweet i think it's cool how many different stories you can tell with it and so we can meet our friends where we're at and explain to them the return on investment from their you know their perspective
0: yeah so so the overarching thing is just like knowing people well enough to then meet them where they're at understanding understanding them what kind of makes them tick what what their interest is and then figuring out bitcoin and how bitcoin helps them meet those things which again goes back to what we were talking about earlier of like knowing people and meetups and local things like that
1: yep because when because when you only try to explain it from your set of incentives it's easy for them to brush it off as like like me i'm not a vegan even though i've had multiple people explain to me why being a vegan would you know why the meat mark why the meat industry is bad why it's better for your health why it's better for all that stuff like no one has met me no one has met me where i'm at and convinced me that being a vegan is the right choice like for you know my life Mm -hmm. but because that's a like being a vegan doesn't have as many multiple different ways to talk about it as Bitcoin does. And so don't put like don't that's my don't put Bitcoin in a box. Like don't put it in a box of just investment or just money or just whatever. Like I think the whole um I I think there needs to be an argument in the United States that like Bitcoin is data. Bitcoin is data. And so maybe it shouldn't be regulated like money. Maybe it shouldn't be regulated like property. I, I think I think we've I think we have kind of like put ourselves in a box of just waiting for waiting for moon a little bit and where it's like, it is this bigger thing. Like I've, I've been scared in the past to like spend, spend sats on, you know, buying a node or trying new wallet or trying different things because I've like only been treating it like this, like shares of like stocks or gold that I like, have to hold on right. to. And so, and then I, would get, and then I would get mad when anyone else would say, you know, something contrary to that. And I think, um, so I think it's good to try to talk about it in multiple different ways and try to do multiple different things with it.
0: Very cool. All right, man, we're about an hour and a half in. This has been a lot of fun. Um, anything else for the listeners out there? How can we, how can we keep uh, up with
1: you as well? Yeah. So it's, it's uh brain Harrington, like in your head, brain Harrington on Twitter and, and Instagram across all social. And then my website is Brian and if you're in Southern California, like join the Orange County Bitcoin Network. Um, yeah, we we meet up in meet space and talk about this, and we talk about local trading, and we talk about um, merchants and just nodes and everything. So yeah, Orange County Bitcoin Network.
0: Very cool. All right, man. Um, any anything else like big big on the horizon for you, or just more of this?
1: Just this, like, I just want to talk about personal finance, I want to talk about couples getting into Bitcoin, I want to talk about how to, like, how to combine everything good about privacy with everything good about personal finance, everything good about Bitcoin into, you know, achievable little wallet stacks and lifestyle stacks for people to um, start to figure out what kind of, you know, what kind of changes they can create in their own lives and in their communities. And I like your show. Like, I, I appreciate this. I like the way that you, like, approach things from, um, like, nor- new people and people that have been here, like, ha- have a lot of the same goals. Like, I recognize a lot of, I don't think new people, we need to give them a little bit more credit. Like, I think they they, they inherently know what money is. They inherently know, you know, hard money versus soft money. And, and we can remind them. But I, I think teaching them how to use Bitcoin and teaching them how to think for themselves in Bitcoin will uh i think they'll take off like i i think new people are they they want revolution too like new people want revolution they don't want stocks right right awesome awesome cool all right brian thanks take so care. much later
0: all right everybody that's going to do it for our show today go check out brian's um social media stuff again that's brain harrington on all his social media um and, uh, check out OC Bitcoin networks. Uh, they've got some videos up on YouTube that I actually found really helpful. Some of their stuff explaining, um, how to use some of the various samurai wallet features and stuff like that is, is pretty good. Um, even if you're not in Southern California, but if you're in Southern California, those guys are both great. I met Steven Cole, um, at Bitblock Boom last year and he's a great guy. Um, and of course Ragnar and, um, anyways, um, all right you guys know the drill, share this episode with everybody on the world and <laughs> subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And uh, if you want to, you can check out bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash donate if you want to help support the show beyond that or bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash kids book if you would like to um, buy some Tuttle Twins books. Those are, again, the, the books talking about free market economics and liberty and all, kind of all the ideas that Brian and I were talking about just put in a very easy to understand format. Um, I, I'd say for kids or adults, honestly, they're they're great primers for some of the other more complicated, you know, works by Mises and Rothbard and Bastiat and some of those guys. So um, gr- great stuff. Uh, that's bottomshelfbitcoin.com slash kidsbook. Doesn't change the price of the books. Um, it doesn't make them cheaper or anything, but I get a little kickback for the show. It helps support the show. So that's nice. Anyways, um, you guys... Um, you know, be well, hope you're doing well, um, start working on the circular economy and, um, you know, something Brian and I did not get into is, is kind of how you approach the idea to merchants. And I think we have to be careful cause we, you know, if you've been around for a while, you, you immediately recoil when I say that, because we saw, um, I think a lot of, a lot of us got burned, you know, Kind of going into the before or or going into the 2017 bull run and then just after the crash, you know, so many people kind of got washed out from that. And um, it, it takes a lot of it can take a lot of effort and you can really feel like you're berating merchants, I guess. Um, and, and some people kind of were hassling merchants like, in a good natured way, but just like really working to convince them and show them how to accept Bitcoin. And, um, and, and then they, they weren't keeping it. They were immediately turning it around and selling it. And, um, or, um, which if you're going to do that, you know, then they end up using BitPay, which is um, bad for, for Bitcoin reasons. And, um, so I think again, it comes back to going to places that you already frequent, that they know you and, and talking to them about it. And, and, and I think, um you know maybe the approach is to say it's like taking cash and kind of leave it at that because business owners get that they get what it means to to take cash you know it's like taking cash but it has the convenience of being digital and electronic um and and these aren't going to be like one-shot conversations these are probably going to be you're going to have to have multiple conversations with these people and um but but being there being there for them to answer their questions And don't berate them, don't, um, you know, run them off, make them wish you wouldn't come to their business, continue to support them. And I think, um, you know, if you have a little side thing, um, use Bitcoin for it. If you, um, you know, the other thing you can do is, um, you know, when you're buying stuff that your friends need, as well, then buying more of it. And then when they pay you back, have them pay you back in Bitcoin. Just a lot of little things like that, that kind of start building it. And I don't think we're going to be able to ever just switch from a a pure fiat track over to a pure Bitcoin track. I think it's going to be, you know, like what Brian was saying, um, taking, looking at the things that you spend money on and going, which of these things can I do with Bitcoin? And that's that's going to be little slivers off into the Bitcoin economy, and then um, when you do that, if that's your thing, you can immediately turn around and and buy and replace into your um, your your hodlings, or just when you want to buy something in Bitcoin, you know, if you want to buy something and use Bitcoin for it, just buy Bitcoin and then use that and um, or buy it and mix it and then spend your post mix and I know that there are people who also cringe when I say buy and replace but again buy and replace doesn't make sense if you're only hobbling but it does start to make sense they because people say buy and replace is bad because you you're taking the fees and blah 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 but again if you look at that as your privacy convenience charge that kind of changes that mental model so these are all things to think about and um, I look forward to hearing more from Brian on these things in the future and um, kind of exploring for myself where, where things that I can be buying with Bitcoin to kind of opt out of the traditional system. All right. For Bottom of Bitcoin, I'm Josh Humphrey. Thanks for listening.